The Supreme Court is a constant battleground in our country. With the bench being a lifelong appointment, whenever a new justice is needed, it seems like the political theater moves to a whole new level. Today, we're going to discuss how we walk through this process as people of faith. And let's take it a crack at our boy Elon buying into Twitter. Welcome to Everyday Elephants. Ted, Philip, how are y'all doing? What's up? Man, it is a busy week, but I feel like things are getting accomplished, so that feels good. Just checklists have been being checked this week, checked off, whatever you want to say. I'm getting stuff done, are which you, feels are good. You a big, are you a big checklist guy? When I get stuff done, it's usually because I have a checklist. That a boy. So, now, there's also many checklists that are just unchecked checklists. Mm. But it helps me because I, I kind of get scatterbrained sometimes, so to write stuff down and say, like... You know, okay, here are the things I need to get done so I don't forget and then start on a tangent working on something else in the middle of something. And so that's the the checklist is there to help remind me, oh, yeah, this is what I was doing. This is where I'm going. So, yeah, it's been a good week. See, personally, I don't like checklists because if I actually fill them out, I'm that, I don't know, I'm just not that successful accomplishing all my tasks. So if I don't do it and don't do a checklist, I feel a little bit better about myself. So... It's a psychological thing. So you thing. just know what your tasks are and go, I got to get it done. That's what I tell myself and everyone else, but it's usually not a good sign. So I probably should do it more often, but uh, whatever makes me feel better, right? I enjoy that now with notes, my checklists go across all my devices. So it's on my phone, it's on my computer, it's on my iPad. You got to write them down, boys. That's what I do. Can't do that. I got, can't do I that. Got, I got pieces of paper. Look at you. Good old-fashioned poet writing down beautiful poetry, making checklists, yeah. getting things done. Tanner Olson. How you doing, man? Actually, actually, all of my checklists are in poetic form. So I usually like to make an acrostic poem with all the things that I have to do, kind of spell it out. I love it. Uh, I love makes it. it a lot easier. Things are good over here. It is a gloomy, rainy day in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm trying to wake up and get going. I think I'm on my fourth cup of coffee and it's just not doing it for me. Uh, big news over here at the Olsen household. The Orlando Magic did not make the NBA playoffs once again. Anyways, uh. that's about everything. However, there is something good that comes out of it. Your Orlando Magic took out the Cavs the other night, which put the Chicago Bulls in the playoffs. They did some good work, man. Thank you. Did I hear you say Orlando? Yes, it was the, the Orlando Magic. You know... I also can't talk half the time, which thanks for calling me out. I'm very put it um, on, insecure about that. Thank you. For put that. it on a checklist. Learn to speak. <laughs> that should be my new name. You're written to speak. I'm learn to speak. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Dad jokes. Phil, what's go. happening with you, man? Guys, I just finished grad school last Wednesday, and I've been working on my MBA for the past two years, and I feel good. I submitted my last assignment. I got straight A's, which is something that is almost impossible without the help of Jesus. Especially for somebody who can't speak. Exactly. Don't tell that to the university I'm going to. Don't want to throw them under the bus. But I did it. I graduated. Well, I will be graduating soon, but it feels good. I actually got to wake up early, work out in the morning i feel like a normal person and i feel good how different is our like the world of you know our lives now that you go i got to wake up early i'm a normal person now just 
such a different thing to, you know, 10 years ago when we all started getting to know each other. Yeah, it's the little things. Before it was how long we can play video games for, but look at us now. We're yeah. getting old, my friends. That's true. I would, I would like to make a note and say that was not me. I always woke up early and I never played video games. However, I am new to your friendship, so thanks for allowing me to be here with you guys <laughs> good. as we, as we well, celebrate it, your friendship. It's good to be more like you, too responsible making checklists learning how to speak so yeah, thank i was you gonna make that. sure learning how to speak made it in there exactly but big news your boy elon ted right who you just love oh so much made some My moves in the twitter world and now he is the largest majority shareholder for twitter i think it was like nine percent something nine or ten know, is what two, i've heard how, how many billions mm-hmm. of dollars is it I think it's almost three. three spent, almost three billion dollars to spent be two point nine billion dollars to acquire about seventy three and a half million shares of Twitter stock. Must be nice, right? <laughs> when I have just I, I, three, a cool three billion laying around, I'm like, you know what I want to do? But I mean, can, I want to buy a sports team, though. That that'd be my first thing. Oh, 100 percent. You, That's very different, though, than buying Twitter. See, you got to feel kind of bad for the guy. I mean, having that much money and not really know. He must have been in a pickle trying to decide where he was, like, what company he was going to buy stock in. I can only imagine <laughs> how difficult it must have been for him to be going through this arduous situation. But, I mean, probably by through the, through the strength and the help of the Lord, he was able to make this, this groundbreaking decision. Yeah. He's probably got to be, decision. like, strapped on cash now. Like, how am I going to be able to pay the bills this month but uh how am i gonna how am i gonna launch into space next exactly but i think it's a great move personally for me the fact that elon's on the board where he was actually thinking about launching his own twitter-based social media platform he is now a majority shareholder and i think it's significant because of the fact that there are so many people that are concerned about censorship that is happening i think it's great i know some people are saying now there's dangerous things that are going to be happening in the Twitter world because of this. But I think it's a good what move, are those dangerous, and I'm happy. What are those dangerous things that they think could happen? You know, like, well, what is... the fact that Donald Trump might be able to be reinstated on Twitter for people on the left is a dangerous thing that he is going to have a social media platform on Twitter to be able to tweet mean things again. And so that's one thing that people are upset about, that that could happen. But however, I think there's got to be consistency when you are removing people from Twitter. I don't know, maybe like Putin, he should probably be removed from Twitter because, I don't know, he's part of a massive genocide thing that's happening across the seas. And there's just not a lot of consistency of who is removed, what's being censored. And I think my boy Elon, or Ted's boy Elon, is going to make an impact. So those are my thoughts. So what you're saying, Phil, is you think there should be some regulation on social media media yeah where there is dangerous violent acts that are being addressed that should be removed now i think you can make a fair argument that what happened on january 6 was dangerous and violent and could have led to just what well, already was a horrible day but if you're going to do that then you need to be able to remove all people that are doing far worse things than what Donald Trump did. Right, so there really should be some laws in place that tell social media what they 
should take off their sights. Yes, and there shouldn't be, based upon whatever the social media platform decides, what is should be censored, what should be removed, and whatnot. I mean, there's other cases, as you all might know, that are examples of things being removed from Twitter. Um, I think, what was it, the, the Babylon Bee just got removed lately, right? And uh, there was the post that they made about a, it was a satire joke about um, a transgender joke about the athlete that's happening, and they are removed from Twitter. So Wait, that was it that post or their whole account? I don't know which one. So one or the other, Babylon hmm. B did, well, it got Twittered. So let's put it that way. And I know Ted's probably going to fact, fact check me right now. but Oh, no, I'm curious. I'm curious. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, one. it was about the, the trans woman athlete. And uh, I don't know the exact wording, but they were censored on Twitter. So censorship, freedom of speech. I think it's oh, something yeah. to no, be said. said. But then there's things like other platforms. If we want to go queuing on that, there's some dangerous things that happen. Like there, there's got to be some limits. There's got to be regulations. Well, the struggle and the here is that technically Twitter does not guarantee your freedom of speech. True. Twitter is a company. The U.S. government guarantees that you can say things and they will not prosecute you for your freedom of speech. But this is where I was kind of teeing you up with the regulation stuff is freedom of speech is not guaranteed that a company must respect your freedom of speech. And this is kind of the fascinating piece with Twitter, with Facebook, with these different places is they have played into that nonstop of they're going to choose what's freedom of speech and what isn't. And I think that's where there needs to be better discussions around those kinds of things. And honestly, I'd be interested to see what Elon brings to that. It'll be fascinating. I mean, it is, it's going to be different. And I, I saw too, I, I agree with you, Phil. There was like Elon bought the shares and there was like an outcry. Yeah. And I just thought this is a rich guy invested in a company. Like I, I don't, I don't truly get why this is such a big deal. And then his first big thing was like, which I thought was hilarious, was he goes, we're going to look into an edit button, which I thought Elon has read the room. Like he gets it. He like, he, okay. Like that's a, that's a savvy business. Move. There you go. And within that day, I saw someone from the left comment about, well, we can't have edit buttons when you're on Twitter if you say something you shouldn't, then you should have to live with it or just delete the whole tweet. And I was like, oh, my God, are we have we politicized the edit button for when yes. I misspell that one thing and don't want to look like an idiot? Which is me like, every time for when I call them. I know for when I call them the Orlando magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys, exactly. Elon is thinking of the fills of the world. I love it. Well, I think he might actually be a fill of the there world <laughs> like. But I think I think Twitter is his sports team. Like he's like, this is where I do my business. This is what I like, mm -hmm. and I don't know. I mean, if you have three billion dollars laying around and you spend I don't know hours on your phone every day looking at Twitter, might as well own it. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and and that's for me. Like the, I feel like it's a much bigger story than I, I don't know. I he I thought it was it's a big story. Anybody buys you know, $3 billion worth of anything. Well, and that's, he's on the board of directors too. Story. So, well, that's because he bought $3 billion worth yeah. of stock. Money like, buys you, you know, power. and so I, I don't know. I, I, 
I, I had a couple different people go, how do you feel about it? I'm like, he spent money. Like, I don't. I, this is not this. Does this I, affect me? Does this affect me? Like, if he brings, does it have to if affect me? If he brings me? the edit button, great. Can, can we just pause right now? It, it almost seems like you are more open to the idea of Elon more and more as we talk, as we converse. What are you trying to convert him to Elonism? Exactly. I mean, there's more of a a man crush going on right there. Has has it just increased? Like, I, I want to hear how you you're feeling, man. I just don't care. I don't. I don't see. If you look back to some of our episodes, I think you started to care. Listen, he goes to space. He goes to space. Phil. He bores into the ground. Super villain. He buys Twitter for three billion dollars. I go. I would have spent three billion dollars very differently. I'm just challenging the listener to go back and listen to some of Ted's comments back in the day. Phil, I would like you to recognize that you, in this conversation, agreed to government regulation of a company. So just remember that that's in there. No, not government regulation. I, I think that there needs to be, well, okay, sure, regulation. It should be discussed of what should happen next. And you can't just necessarily make a bias based upon whatever tech is doing. It's, it's a little bit leveraged to the left. Well, I shouldn't say a little bit. It is leveraged to the left, and it makes it impossible for... Right, but it's a right-wing Yeah, um, what was that conservative social media platform that got shut down for a little bit? Oh, Parler? Parler, yeah. So Parler got shut down because Amazon Web Services said, we don't want anything to do with that. There's something wrong about that. There, we, So there needs to be some sort of regulation. It's not just Twitter, but it's like the, the hosting sites that are all collaborating together, making it impossible for people to be able to communicate how they feel about whatever's True. going on. The internet is just one big game, and none of us are able to win Fair. unless... We side with the people who are in charge of the game. Well, but here's what I think it brings it down to, though, is we start saying, okay, if we're going to tell Amazon Web Services what to do, if we're going to say Amazon Web Services shouldn't be able to decide who they host, but the cake baker in Colorado who went to the Supreme Court over baking a cake for a gay couple... To me, that's the government regulation piece is saying. But that's like micro over macro. But it's though. it's the same law, isn't it? Wouldn't that be the same thing as saying we as a company have made this decision? Oh, no. It, yeah. Sorry. It is the same law. Exactly. Sorry. I wasn't listening well. Yeah, exactly. And that's, but the, and that's not I'm not agreeing either way. I think there's something broken in the system that says, I think you're right, Phil. I think there should be a line where a company can say, hey, we're not going to. You know, your values are so different than ours, we're not going to serve you. You know, and that was the the tweet about the edit button with this whole thing. They weren't upset about the edit button. They were upset that Elon Musk decided to show interest in buying Twitter. And I think you're exactly right, Phil. I think the pushback, the reason it's a story is not just rich man buys Twitter. It's rich man who talks on Joe Rogan buys Twitter. And that's why I look and I go, that's why we need regulation. Tech became what it is, right? 15 years ago, yep. these weren't issues. It's, this is yeah. all new. This is and all so new. I think, yeah. I think it's just growing pains of figuring this out because I do think you're right. There is a double standard of saying, okay, if you say Donald Trump, Elon Musk, the Babylon Bee, if you say they're breaking our standards, but Putin isn't, you look at Facebook. And People go, in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. 
um, you know, the, the stories coming out about how Twitter and Facebook have been used for genocide in different places around the world. And you can go, yeah, you guys have to be better. Exactly. If, if you're surfing the waves of political correctness, that's dumb. You need to step up and say, no, we're against this, our platform being used for this. But really what they're for is the expansion of the platform. Because the more the platform expands, the more money you make. And so that's the double-edged sword there is why I would say, hey, we need some regulation. Because I think it's been proven these companies aren't going to self-regulate. No. They want to expand at whatever expands them. If that's Donald Trump, they'll expand that way. If that's a more um, liberal progressive lean, they'll expand that way. Gosh. That's, I think, the discussion we need to be having is not, did Elon Musk buy into Twitter and is everything falling apart? It's saying, well, why why is there a double standard that your platform can be used for genocide but not to you know tweet these other things i don't know tanner what's your take you by far are way more popular than me and ted you got a big social media following 100 percent true it is i would love to hear your take and then what that looks like for you personally if somehow some way your accounts were taken down if my accounts were taken down, I probably would have to find a new job. Essentially, that's it. I was, so I did an interview the other day. Somebody was asking, it was about owning a small business, which I just got uh, two letters in the mail from the government that says I owe a lot of money. So that's fun. We can talk about that later. But it's just like this, it's a, it's a very strange thing, the internet, to like that is the the way in which a lot of small businesses like myself are able to do business and to say I am self-employed. There aren't a lot of people who are like I can be a self-employed writer or artist or somebody who has a store on Etsy or something like that. Like so if those accounts get taken down, then you don't really have access to your audience, to the people who enjoy or follow your work any longer. Because uh, it's not like my books are going to be in these bookstores or whatever. Like it's all just kind of like right here in front of us. And so uh, it's not. It's like I'm putting like putting slanderous things all over the internet. However, like from time to time, I see how people's accounts just kind of get taken away, or their Instagram accidentally gets deleted by somebody, and it's it's hard to watch people go through that because that's kind of what they have built up and created. So, and I do think that there probably needs to be some sort of regulation on a lot of things. Like it's when people are like, you can do whatever you want. I don't know, maybe we should have some fences up, right? Like fences are probably a good idea. And especially when it comes to putting things on Twitter, uh, you talk about, you talked a little bit about January 6th, like that probably could have been a lot, could have been way worse, a lot better. It could, it could have been, have been way, way worse, worse, but it could have been also uh, uh, been we could have done without it had there been some sort of regulations on on Twitter. Now it, that that 100%. must mean it takes it it must then you have to take you have to create a whole new I don't know how many people it would take to have these regulations on these accounts. Does that mean that every time somebody uploads a piece of content, be it a photo, a video, a tweet, a word, a blog post, that somebody else somewhere has to see that, say okay, and approve it? Because like. That doesn't seem feasible. Yeah, there's no way of doing that. But what if it's for the for those people who have uh, large voices, for those people who have millions, for the for the Donald Trumps, for the Elon Elon Musks, for I, I don't know the random Grammy Award winner? 
right? For the blue checkmark people who have, who their voice has a lot of weight for people who are just starstruck by them. So no matter what they say is now gospel and they will do whatever they can with it because they pledge allegiance to this individual who they think is God when in reality they just took a poop that morning. So I don't know. I think there probably should be some sort of regulation, but how do you do that? Like, so what is the next thing that they can do? That's the next thing. The edit button. You put the edit button. button. I think regulation. (laughs) Well, also, and you talk, you talk about like, we were talking about, you know, what if Trump gets his Twitter account back? You don't like the guy. Don't follow him. Block him. Do that. Yep. Right. There's a lot of people on Twitter that I do not like, and I totally disagree with. And I think they're putting out harmful information. Dodgers fans. But there's no way that I would ever say they should be removed from Twitter just because I don't agree with their ideologies, their viewpoints, or even if I think it's misinformation. They have the ability to be able to say what they want. I struggle with that, but they get to be able to do that. But you can't control other people, right? But then there's also like, but but also if you're spewing hatred that creates chaos that's an issue right the 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 problem is how do you measure that how do you define that because what people may say is hate is only an act of love for another group of people Um, i think what what it really comes down to is if it's calling for lives death threats Something that is yeah. totally, I mean, it's going to take small steps to get there, right? But I think we can start figuring out what the first initial steps is. Like, I don't know, if you're putting in things about massacre and and that threatening people and those things happen, those people should probably be removed. It is just super hard to regulate and keep eyes on yeah. at all times because, I mean, there's there are billions of accounts out there. Like, a lot of it, too, goes back to we're talking about surface-level issues, right? Like the things we see. When the deeper issue, I think, in, in all of this is if truth is relative, then my point of view holds more weight than your point of view, right? To look into, say, part of the issue we're running into is if everyone has a microphone, then whoever yells the loudest is more right, Yep. And I think that's a cultural issue that is intensified by social media. I don't think we can solve it even just by regulation. I think that's that's something that we yeah. as Christians have to pay attention to as we use Twitter, as we use social media, is to look and to say Well and if it's like there's this there's a lot of a lot of talk where it's like, yeah, we should be in sorry, I interrupted you, Ted. But it's like you should be informed by this side and follow people who disagree with you and people who you like who see things in a different way. That's probably that's probably good and all. But what if what you really need to do is just not be on the internet? Yeah. Preach. I saw an article come across one of my algorithms and it was that Selena Gomez hasn't been on the internet in four and a half years. And I thought Which good for her. That's impossible. <laughs> If she did it, right. I'm impressed. Was it like the internet or social media? I didn't I didn't read the article. I just I saw it. I should look it up, but I'm sure it was social media. Yeah. Like, it's probably sure it's like it's probably social media. Mm-hmm. I don't She's know. She's probably don't... way healthier than most of the other people in Hollywood. Well, and that's part of it too, right? 
Like, have you had those days? I guess our whole podcast episode is about social media now. But I, it's have you had those days where you just like haven't been on the internet? Like you didn't check any social medias? Mm-hmm. Like the best day of my life. So I don't know why. I mean, I know why I'm still doing it because I have an addiction and because it's how I make my living. But maybe that's the healthiest thing for us is to not be on there. Yeah. it's And instead, maybe we just sit with the people in our neighborhoods. It was social media. Four years off social media. So. I was going to say, it's really hard to keep up with scores when you just, you know, when we get in the newspaper. Yeah. Well, and then there's so many hooks, right? I don't like Facebook, but I love Facebook Marketplace. Well, yeah, the reason yeah. They, they made Facebook Marketplace is because you don't like Facebook. I don't like Instagram, but I like keeping up with my family's pictures. Oh, I don't like Twitter, but I do love destroying my soul. See? This is how this all works. It's true. It, well, that's worth, you know, it's like, oh, that's but that's where I get my news. Right. You know? Or that's how, how, how else will I know about it? Or I'm supporting Elon Musk. How, how else do I encounter a trade deadline in August without Twitter? Now, that's... That's like the beauty of it. I mean, truthfully, my I have unfollowed a lot of people on Twitter, and it's mostly just like basketball and the occasional theological thing until somebody starts going like just nuts, and it's like, all right, I'm done with you. See ya. So freeing. Because because that's one of the things that social media does to you is it makes you think that you're your god as well. Yeah. And you get to send people this way or that way. You can, it gives you power. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are looking for power in a lot of the wrong places and mm-hmm. they can find it at their fingertips and sit on the couch at the same time while watching Netflix in the background. All right. Now we're now we're now we're cooking. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yep. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if they scanned my brain and then scanned Selena Gomez's brain, how different they would be. Pretty different. I would say pretty well, I'm talking pretty about different. the internet, but I would I mean, for a lot of reasons. She was also but. on Wizards of Waverly Place, so you know. Yeah, I don't know actually what, know what that means, but she was also in that one show, um, No Murders in the Building. No Murders in the Building? I haven't watched it you yet. Seen that? I've heard it's good. Oh, it is very good. I'll have to dive wasn't into grad it. school. Wasn't watching a lot of TV. Oh, oh wasn't okay. Grad <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm so much better than you all. I, I am. I was bettering my me. life with grad school. Well, I had to say it so I feel that much better about myself, but then also be called out on it because that's very healthy too, <laughs> by you all, because you're good friends. Well, we should probably I'm move sorry. on to other stuff. Talking about hypocrisy. Sorry, Phil. I was I was writing books. Ooh, oh, see, see, and I, and I was spending time on Twitter. Sorry, I wasn't able to go to grad school. I was, I was preaching on the gospel and saying it's okay. I was trying to learn how to so. speak beat that speaking of hypocrisy in the news lately has been uh another hearing to appoint a supreme court justice which we seem to be getting oh goodness lately it feels like every year we've got a a new um supreme court justice being appointed and it has been a fascinating thing and i've got I don't know if I have... It's a circus. It is. A circus is a great way of putting it. And I don't know if I have a deep read on the judge, Judge Brown Jackson. I don't... Uh, I know there's a soundbite where she was asked what a woman was, and she said she wasn't qualified to answer or something like that. And I thought, ugh, that was not a great answer. And... There's a lot going on. There was a point where President Biden said, I don't know who I'm going to appoint. 
but I know it's going to be an African-American woman, which I don't think is wrong, but might have been like you shouldn't have said it. Like you can set your own criteria, but maybe you shouldn't. It, that felt like kind of kicking off the circus a little bit. And I think Supreme Court justices, the nomination process is when our country says, hey, you think government's been crazy? Hold my beer. And I don't know why it happens here. Now, there there have been some recently that felt skeezy in terms of just backgrounds and things like that. But it also feels like there have been some people that have been nominated that have been good, you know, good choices from their party in terms of good judges. Yep. But it's because the other team nominated them that we don't like them. You know what we should have named our podcast? Yeah. People are the worst. I feel like that's probably kind of everything that we seem to be talking about, especially when we're talking about this, which I don't know. How long has this been, this, the nomination been going on for? Two, two, two weeks? Yeah, I think two weeks. Yeah. It should yeah. happen where she is going to be confirmed as the next judge, but it's a long process. Yeah. I watched, and I haven't been able to keep up with all of it because how can we keep up with everything that's happening and still live our own lives? But from the things that, that I have seen, the videos circulating online, there are a lot of people who just seem to have no regard for how another person might feel or their background or the fact that they, you know, maybe they don't believe in Jesus, but that they are made in the image of God. It is just like that person who looks like me, breathes like me, is the enemy. Yeah. And it is just, it's kind of hard. It's heartbreaking stuff to watch. I mean, I saw some of those uh, where they were interviewing her and just like asking her just terrible questions and not even giving her any yeah. time to speak. Like, how dare you? You know, just the way that, the way that a lot of these men were treating her, it was just, it was not, I just, oh. The fascinating thing, too, is like the speed at which we all kind of let go of the hypocrisy that our team did is pretty quick because the, you know, right now it's a Democratic nomination. So all the Republican, well, not all the Mm -hmm. Republicans, some of the Republican committee members are being just ridiculous. But I remember reading up on Amy Amy Coney Barrett, who was the last Trump appointed judge and i thought well hey she's she's got a decent background i look at her stuff you know she seems like a good choice and the way democratic senators treated her i mean it's like a mirror like that's well and it was a 52 to 48 vote which back in the day it was usually a majority consensus Mm -hmm. that a judge would be confirmed Mm -hmm. in fact i was looking at some of the results back in the day and they didn't even take count because it was a simple yay or nay and everyone said yay now it's to the point where it's so tight some of these votes it's a circus now phil when you say it's when you say back in the days that like the 90s the 70s so looking back when um, Lyndon Johnson, so in the, the late 60s, and then before that, there would be votes, but most of them were a yay or nay vote. Or if there was a vote, it wasn't that far off. It wasn't as tight as it is today. You look at the numbers now, 
I mean, Amy Coney was 52 to 48. Brett Kavanaugh, another circus, 50 to 48. Well, was there just less to disagree on back then? There wasn't the internet. <laughs> you know, I think that's what it really comes down to. I don't know if y'all saw Ben Sass, who's Republican senator from Nebraska. And at one point he said, the issue is we have cameras in this building. And both, both parties are putting on more of a show to the cameras than they are taking this yep. hearing seriously. Now, he then rolled into a little bit of it's like hard a for people to be real. pat on the back for himself, but it was the least pat on the back out of everyone else who talked. But I do think that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, but there's cameras there. I, I so. like the, the fact that American people have access to their governing bodies, but on the flip side, it does, when we say political theater, the camera being there is you know, a big deal. And I think that goes, we, we've seen these, these past couple rounds of, of judges being nominated and there is a theater sense to it. And it's just so confusing, right? I'm not very familiar with the whole process, maybe because I'm older now and we're paying attention to this stuff mm-hmm. more and more, mm-hmm. but you see someone like Senator Lindsey Graham really just going after her hard. But then there's like the initial vote to be able to bring them into an official Senate vote. But that vote was 11 to 11. And Senator Lindsey Graham voted yes, which is like really confusing for me because some of the questions that he was asking was like, there's no way in hell that he's going to be able to support and vote her in. But I'm sure there's an election coming up for uh, Mr. Graham and he doesn't want to be known as the person that said no to this judge. I mean, it's... It's crazy. You just don't understand it. There's just games inside the games inside There's the games. There's a great Bo Burnham song where he's he's talking about country music, but how, you know, in country music you have all these people singing about working on the farm and, you know, all this small town everything, but they live on their 3,000-acre ranches with their brand-new designer boots, and, and it, he, it's called pandering. And, you know, the whole point of the song is like, I'm pretending to be one of you, but really I'm just pandering to get your money. And every time I see, I, I remember it with Gorsuch too, because I I thought, man, this, this guy seems like a decent guy. And all I could think of was that song. It was Democratic senators when it's a Republican judge, and now Republican senators when it's a Democratic judge. It's almost like a campaign stop. I'm going to say what my base wants to hear for this to be true. And then on the other hand, these confirmations also seem so important because we have a Congress, an executive branch that just can't get along. So now it's up to judges to be able to make the final decisions of what should be a law and what should not. So I guess I can understand why this is becoming more of a contentious environment because Really, it should be conversations that should be able to get things and deals done, but that's not happening. So this is important. It's wild, you know, and now we have the the race card thrown in there with Biden saying, hey, I'm going to appoint a woman who is black. But it's funny if you look at when Clarence Thomas was appointed, who was a Republican, and he was supporting the Reagan administration back in the day. Well, they, they basically said something to the point of, well, you're not like a normal black guy because you're, you're voting for them. And you could even listen into the hearings 
of Joe Biden when he was a senator at the time just grill him. It's just insane. It's just nonstop. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much hypocrisy on both sides. It needs to be said. It needs to be called out. And I think that's frustrating for the Americans as we watch these things happen. And so how do you how do you guys think as people of faith that you look and you say, you know, obviously pro-life is a very important issue, but also as people of faith, we should care about like Tanner was saying, that Imago Day idea, the upholding of justice for people because they are made in the image of God. Which, for the listener, Imago Day means the image of God, which you did say, but I, I... Phil went to grad school. Yes, so, got a degree. But good, a good explanation. And what I what I'd ask you guys is the struggle I've been having is how do I encounter this as a person of faith? How how do I? engage with this idea because we've been talking this hypocrisy all this stuff isn't saying i'm perfect but how do i engage with it on a daily how, how do you guys i mean walk in that process i mean i think we just alluded to it right the image of god is yeah right it is important to whatever conversation that we have whatever person we are talking about that that person was made in the image of god and I know it's, it's really interesting because it seems like most of these appointees, the main thing, the underlying thing is pro-life, pro-choice, right? And just because a judge is mm-hmm. pro-choice, even though I might be pro-life, there has to be a way that I, I've seen that they've been made and created and loved. And if that is, if right. that is the case for that, how they've been made, why am I not replicating that same type of love towards that person? And it's, I think it's also how do you approach these conversations? If you're approaching it, how, like, with um, your reasoning being, I'm going to prove that I am right, let me teach you. Let me show you why I know more than you do. Never it's works out. to enter into a conversation or anything. But if, you enter, but if you enter into it with open hands, understanding why you believe what it is that you believe, hoping to learn from them, and that's yeah. the right way to go. I don't know. When has it ever gone right to enter into a conversation with the intention to prove that you are correct, that you know everything? It's like, no, like just because we might we might disagree on issues. And for the most part, you kind of hope that people do. But at the same time, like I also need to see that this person was created in the image of God, that this person is loved by God, and that this person is my neighbor, right? Who is the right person to show compassion to? Your neighbor, your enemy, and yourself. Yeah. So do that. I think it's not something we're going to solve, but I do think it's something we got to have discussions on. Well, Tanner, you put it out. You're, you're poetic. I thought we just did. Your yourself, your enemy, and your neighbor. I think is a really good. Yeah, outlook. man. Sign me up for your first cohort for learn to speak. Yes. <laughs> you said it so well, my friend. That got. That's got to be your next April Fool's joke. Learn next to year speak. Is yeah. You've heard of written yeah, to speak. Dropped. Well, now there's learning to speak, uh, and it's literally just for Phil. I'll share it on on my Twitter account. Um, this was a this was a good conversation, and I think Phil, even in our off pod conversation, Phil had some really good points about saying the gamesmanship that the attacks, the intensity of these things, we can't look away from. But man, Tanner, you summing it up. Love yourself, love your neighbor, love your enemy. Man, that's that's good stuff. Thanks for bringing that in. Just happy to be here. 
Uh, well, thanks everybody for joining us for this episode of Everyday Elephants. Uh, if you haven't followed us on wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe. We have episodes coming out as often as we can. Uh, and if you have an elephant in the room that you'd like for us to talk about or discuss, send us a message. We love hearing from you all. Uh, we appreciate the support and how you all continue to share our podcast around. Uh, and so we look forward to putting out new episodes uh, in the near future. So with that, I'm Tanner. I'm Phil. I'm Ted. And I got an edit button. And I'm learning how to speak. Ha, <laughs> ha.